Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 15, verse 23, and if I did not say it, good morning. Amen. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through verse 23, it's just good to be here. Amen. amen. When you get this, amen. On the screen, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through verse number 23, is going to be just a series, okay? I'll give you my supper just a moment. This is your series coming up. Verse number 15, let's read together. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love to all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you and make a mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the same. Everything is his. Uh, verse number 19. <coughs> Excuse me. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. All right, now, let's go to our subject today, 1 Corinthians, chapter number 2. Thank you, Lord. 1 Corinthians, chapter number 2. Now, in 1 Corinthians, chapter number 2, we're going to get our subject today, so you will see it. Explode. Amen. Now, in verse 1 through verse number 8, let's read together. And I, brothers, when I came to you, I came not with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling, and my speech, <coughs> excuse me, and my speech and my preaching was not but enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. How be it, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor the princes of this world that come to know. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom was God ordained before the world unto our glory. Verse number eight. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You may be seated. Thank you. Now, as I was teaching or uh, going through Ephesians chapter 1, I noticed in Ephesians chapter 1 there were three things. Well, let's pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you now for the anointing to minister your word. We give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor. We bless you, Lord. We praise you. We appreciate you for your kindness toward us in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Now we thank you that every principality and power has already been defeated. Every name that's named, every power, every authority has been defeated, and Jesus now is both Lord and Christ. You've already raised him from the dead and have given him all power in heavenly places and in earthly places. So we gratefully thank you for what you've already done. But now we thank you now for your wisdom, your knowledge, and now your understanding. Teach us, lead us, and guide us, and help us to understand your new covenant. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray, and all the grief of their prayers, say amen. amen. All right, now, I'm going to be ministered on a new series. Now, the, this series is just going to be to answer the question found in Ephesians. Go back to Ephesians chapter 1. And remember, I say there are three things. I kept saying three things, and the Lord showed me that maybe I need to just minister those three things to give you a better understanding on the three things. So Ephesians chapter number 1, and beginning with verse number 15, this is the prayer of the Holy Spirit. Remember, he's doing it through the Apostle Paul, so we're going to call it our Heavenly Father's Desire. Our Heavenly Father's Desire. Ephesians chapter number 1 and verse 15. The Apostle Paul is giving us what the Spirit wants from us and wants to give us. Remember, we're in the midst now of our inheritance. So the Holy Spirit is saying what he wants to give us. This is his desire. It's like if we could have this right here, we could... We could be what he wants us to be in this earth. Now, we're already complete in Christ. We're not talking about that. We're talking about our walking in the Spirit. So here he says in verse number 15, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love to all the saints, otherwise, after I heard that you were saved. So now you're saved. Somebody said, now you're saved. See, now he, see, after I heard of your faith, if you already got faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you already got love to all the saints. After I heard you already have this, now here comes your inheritance. Now, Paul, the Holy Ghost says to the Apostle Paul, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. And then he's going to tell us what the, what the Lord wants us to have, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he's going to call him a name. Now, I'm going to give you two more names to show you in the Word of God that is three names that they call God. Here he's called the Father of Glory. So if you keep in notes, you want to put that down, the Father of Glory. Because here he says the Father of Glory may give you so we can see what the Father of glory wants to give us. Number one is what we're going to talk about today, the spirit of wisdom. Now that's going to be our subject just for the day. What did the Father desire to give us? The spirit of wisdom. Now we're going to, we're going to find out why he wants to give us the spirit of wisdom first. Because if you don't have the spirit of wisdom first, then you're not going to be able to get the next thing that God has for your life. 
So this is, this, everything God gives you is always in like patterns. Um, you know, you get, if you receive this, then I can give you that. If you receive that, then I can give you that. Now, here he wants us to have the spirit of wisdom. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. Now, if you notice, you'll know what I'm going to talk about next week. The revelation and the knowledge of him. So you already have a chance to know. You, I never tell you what I'm going to minister until I stand up here. Nobody ever know that. I never forget I was doing a, a, a teaching somewhere and a guy walked to me and said, can we have your message before, before you come out so we can already have the tape? I said, no, I can't tell you that until I come out. But now, here it is. I'm giving you three things I'm going to do in the next three weeks. Now, this is my plans. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Many are the plans of a man's heart, right? All right. But first of all, I'm going to be talking about today the spirit of wisdom. Now, hopefully next week, if this goes according to my plans, I'm going to be talking about the revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, this is what God wants you to have. The third thing is the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. Now, those three things God wants to have, and then he told us why. That we might know. So if I don't, ha- if I don't have those things, it would keep me from knowing that I might know. See, we keep saying, I don't know. I'm telling you why you don't know. If you have the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding, you would know. You would know what? He told you. He told you what he wants you to know. Number one, three more things. So he wants you to know, number one, what is the hope of his calling? Now, I've already given you uh, what is the hope of his calling. And then I said something to you that you ought to be grateful to the Lord that you have a pastor that God has given this to. Because if he has not given this to, I could not minister on what is the hope of his calling, which I've already done. And I'm already ministering now on what is, which is the second thing, the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints. I'm still in that. I've done three tapes on that, and I still feel like bubbling going on in my spirit, like a volcano that's com- is coming. After that, verse number 19, I'm going to be going to what is the exceeding greatness of his power. Now, when you hear that question, when you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, it bear witness that that question was asked before. And the question that was asked before was asked to Samson. See, if you read Samson, you'd have been, oh, yeah, that's right, Reverend. What question did they ask Samson? See? If you know what I just said, you'll know what he asked Samson. I'm not going to tell you. I get to, you'll get that when I get to there. All right, now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some things here. Well, write these three down. Ephesians 1 and 17. First of all, I'm talking about what today? The spirit of wisdom. Right. Now, second, I'm going to talk about, and my series is called what? Our Heavenly Father Desire. Now, this is an awesome thing, that the Heavenly Father Desire, you have these three things. Because if you have them, you can know some things. 
Now, if I go back to Philippians, let me do Philippians before I go here. Write these down, we'll go to them. Ephesians 1.17, just write them down. Ephesians 1.17. Then you want to write down James 1.17. Then you want to write down Hebrew 12.9. So write those three things. Right now, let's go to Philippians chapter number three. You're in Ephesians, you go forward to Philippi. Let's go over to Philippi in chapter number three. Everything that Paul gave us, he had to come into the knowledge of. Let me say it again. Everything that Paul gave us, he had to come into the knowledge of. Or he didn't already know. The Holy Spirit had to show him had to reveal it to him. So he had to come into the knowledge of. And today I really believe that this three teachings here is to bring us to another growth level. Stretch. Look at somebody and say, you're getting ready to stretch. And I really believe that's what happens. That's what happened during pregnancy. In pregnancy, if the woman can't stretch, she have complications. Even the skin on your body, the skin on your body is made to stretch. Somebody ought to be thanking the Lord for that because if it didn't stretch, we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? Amen, amen. Like I said, I told my belt, me and my belt have an agreement with my belly. I'm not giving up another inch, another knot. <laughs> amen. Now, in Philippians chapter 3, you'll hear the Apostle Paul talk about this same thing. In verse number 7, he has already given the brothers what he had gone through and what he has accomplished in life. Now he's getting ready to tell them that I'm going to count all the things I've gained as lost because they are natural things. And if you're going to get into spiritual things, you're going to have to understand natural things don't matter. It's going to have to be all about spiritual things. Now, do I need natural things in this life? Sure, but it's not my priority. It's not what? It's not my priority. And you've got to understand something. Now, your priority is going to have to be spirit, become spiritual things. Faith, love. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding. You understand? Do you understand? All right. Now, otherwise, they're there, but they're not at the top of the chart. Do you understand me? All right. We'll show you that when I show you when I go to a young man named Solomon. Now, watch what Paul says in verse 7. But what things were gained to me, those I counted laws for Christ. Now, he's talking about all of the things up in the first six verses. When you read Paul's writing, the first six verses, he's talking about things that he used to have in the flesh. You know, for example, I was a, verse number five, I was circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin. See, that used to be something big time. I, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was a Pharisee. I concerned the law. I persecuted the church. Church and righteousness, which is in the law, I was blameless. I mean, I, all of this was Paul credentials. But when he came into the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
and he wanted to know him, that's what I'm giving you now, those three things is so you can know him. And so Paul says, I got to, to get to where I need to get to, I'm going to have to shed some things. Matter of fact, spiritual things. I'm going to have to, some things in my mind, in my soul got to go. I got to make room for some invisible things, some spiritual things. So he says, but what things were gained to me, I counted them lost for Christ. Yea, doubtly, I counted all things but lost for the excellency. Look at somebody and say, we're going to the next level. For the excellency. And that's how, that's what you're supposed to want in ministry. You should want ministry excellence. You're striving for what? Excellent. Look at somebody and say, I'm going to excellence. Everything you do, you should want excellent. You should not settle for anything less than excellent. You're going to take a test, you want to make a hundred. You, you, you want, whatever it is, if you're getting a race, you want to win. I'm not in no race to come in last. If I was in a race to come in last, why would I get in the race? How many know by getting a race, I'm expecting to win? Amen. If I get on the basketball court with my grandson, RJ, I'm expecting to beat him. Amen. I tell him, you're not going to win. I'm not going to let you win. Amen. Me and my wife play you know now. Can't. I don't know the name of it. Some old know you. What is it? Uno. I tell my wife, now you know I can't let you win. I expect to win. I, that's just the way I am. If I'm going to live this life in the day of grace, I'm expecting excellence. I'm expecting to walk in the spirit of excellence. I'm not going by what, how somebody else did. I'm expecting to come in. If they, they might have said, well, that was all right for them. That was all right for them. You do the same way. When you go shopping, you go shopping, you're looking for the best sale. As a matter of fact, you're looking for the best expensive thing that is on sale. <laughs> Whole lot of stuff be saying $7,995, but when they got something that $500 for $7,995, now that's a, that's a sale right there. All right, so the Apostle Paul gives his credential. And then he says, Yea, doubtless I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and then I count them as dung that I may win Christ. Be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is, of the, is through faith of Christ, the righteousness of God by faith. Then it says, here it is, that I may know him. See, that I may know him and then the power of his resurrection. See, see. You, you got to understand, wisdom going to take you to knowledge, and knowledge going to take you to power. Somebody say amen. amen. So we have to understand. Then it says, and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death, if by any man I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. Now, I gave you three things. Let's go back and look at those. Ephesians chapter number 1, verse 17. James chapter 1, 
verse 17, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 19. And after that, I'm going to give you the definition of the word wisdom. And you know I got about seven of those. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 17. This father is our father, but we are knowing him in a greater measure. Here, he's the father of glory. Now, you got to understand, if he's my heavenly father, and he's the father of glory, then I have to be glory. Oh, you didn't get it. If he's the father of glory, then he has to be the father of glory. See, my wife is my glory. You got to understand glory. Glory is, is how I express my beauty. Say glory, glory. is how I express my beauty. See, God doesn't express him, his beauty in himself. He expresses his beauty in his church, in his body. So if you really want to know how good I dress, look at my wife. If you really want to look at how expensive I am, look at my wife. If you want to know am I cheap, look at my wife. I express my beauty in my wife. That's why when my wife come to me and say, honey, I'm going to get this. This is something I want. She never hear me turn her down. I want her to look good. One day, one day, if so many boxes came on the, on the porch, I even know whether I thought, I, I thought the mail, we had our own mailman. My wife loved to look good. My wife practiced. My wife is very expensive, if you know what I mean. But that's what we strive for is excellence. There were many days in our relationship when I had to say to her, no, we can't do that, we can't have that. But I have grown to a place to know that my wife expresses my beauty. And if you want to know about me, you look at her. So that's how God is. He's called the father of glory. So when God wants to express his glory, he does it through the church. That's why when you have a wedding, we had a wedding here yesterday. Is that all right for me to talk about? I wasn't able to, to get here. Stand up on your feet. We got a couple here. Yesterday was their day. Thank you. Amen. See, they're special. You get a chance later on, give them a, you know, hug there, whatever. But at the same time, they express it. That's what, if you watch a wedding, you'll see it. The man comes in, he just walks in with me, unnoticed, and just lean to the side. You know, that's what, I always tell him, just looking important. But the woman come in, every, the woman come in, everybody rise. Everybody rise. 
Got a train behind her. What, what's going on? He's expressing his beauty. See, the word, one of the words for beauty is glory. He expresses his beauty. That's his glory coming down, coming down the hallway. So you got to understand that men, first men, we got to always understand that that's why we are givers. We always give us the spirit of glory. The next one is James 1.17. Paul said that the, in verse 17 that the father of glory may give you. So it's the father of glory that do the giving. But let's go look at James 1.17. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, here he is. See, he's the Father of glory. That James 1 17. He's the Father of glory, but he's the one who do the giving. James 1 17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift, if you, you see, he keeps talking about giving when he's talking about the Father. Every good gift and every perfect gift coming down from above, from the Father of lights. Father of lights. Well, if he's the father of lights, that means we have to be lights. So we are glory, we are his glory, and we are his lights. God shines through the church. Jesus said to the disciples, let your light so Shine among men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. God shine through the lights. Have anybody ever seen a, a light bulb? Then there's a light bug. How many have seen a light bug, B-U-G? Right. Sure. You see them all the time. You walk out at sunset in the afternoon, they just walk, then they stop, they go... See, you from the country, what you do, you get your glass for the door and you have a light bulb. <laughs> you understand if you're from the country. All right, because there was no light. <laughs> so that's the light, okay? Now, every good gift, every perfect gift, James 1 17, coming down from above, from the Father of lights, that's us. So he's letting you know where your things come from. So what God has for you, it comes down from the spirit of lights. God blesses you from above. Most people are looking this way for what God has for them. No, 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 no. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. From the father of lights. In whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Give the Lord a big hand. That's why. That's why you have to lift up your heads. That's why you always got to look up when you pray. Why? Because God's going to bless you from above. He blesses you from the spirit realm. He blesses you from heaven. Where do your Lord sit? Your Lord sits on the right hand of the Father. Everything you got. That's why when they received the Holy Ghost, they knew it was going to come from above. He poured it out. 
And last, Hebrews 12 and 9. See, he's your father. You got to understand this. Furthermore, we have had our fathers of our flesh, Hebrews. They, cor he, they corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much more be in subjection unto the father of spirits? Well, if he's the father of spirits, then that means I am spirit. Fine. Amen. That sound like spirits to you? Amen. Come on, are we spirits? Amen. Right, we are born from above. So you got to understand something. If you are spirits and you are spirits, your father, Hebrew 12 and 9, one more time, he's called the father what? He's the father of spirits. Watch well, what he says. Furthermore, we have had our conversation to our, of our flesh which our father and our flesh which corrected us, we gave them a reverence. Shall we not more reverence, reverence, respect, reverence, reverence, our father, and be in subjection. He is our father. We should reverence him. We should be in subjection to him because he's the father of spirits. We are spirits. We do that and we live. You ought to be in subjection and you ought to reverence him. That's what we do. We worship. What reverence is, 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 is worship. You worship him because God is spirits. And we are spirits. Give the Lord another hand clap. I just want to make sure you see that. Now, I read you 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. 1 Corinthians 2. Let's go back there. I gave you 1 Corinthians chapter 2, right? 1 through 8. Let's go back and start at verse number 5. Now, in verse number 5, 1 Corinthians 2 and 5, he's given us this because he do not want our faith in the wisdom of men. Now, what is the wisdom of men? You hear this all the way through Paul teaching. The wisdom of man will always be for the New Testament. So when I ask you about the wisdom of man, the wisdom of man was always before the New Testament. Once you got to the New Covenant, this is not the wisdom of man no more. It's the wisdom of God. The New Covenant is called what? The wisdom of God. Before the New Testament, there was the wisdom of man. Because everything was types and shadows. And God did it all through man. But the new covenant is not through man. It's through the Holy Spirit. It's perfect wisdom. Now, I'm not a gambler. But if I had three aces. And I had a stack of. What you call these things they pushes out? Chips. If I had chips, I had to push out on the table. If I look at my car and I got three aces, I know I win. How do I know that? Because there's only four in the deck. And I got three. <laughs> oh, you supposed to pick that one up. But otherwise, I got a sure hand, don't I? 
I know I'm going to win. So I pushed everything I got out in the middle. And I said, okay, let's show our hands. I don't know if that's how you do it. Because I know I win. See, I push everything I got on the table because I know I win. That's how you're supposed to be if you have these three things. His death, his burial, his resurrection. So if you have those three things, you got a sure hand. Somebody say amen. How many know there ain't nothing left left? So when I got a sure hand, I pushes everything out. Because I know I can't fail. <laughs> Got a sure hand. So this is why Paul gave us 1 Corinthians 2. Now listen to it in that manner. And you, verse, I'm sorry, I'm in Ephesians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And verse, and verse number 1. Let's go just going back to verse 1. I'm sorry. We're going to go back to verse number one. 1 Corinthians 2, 1. We'll go back. 1 Corinthians 2, 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellence of speech or of wisdom. Watch what he says. I'm like, this is not man stuff. Declaring to you the testimony of God. I'm not using man wisdom to preach you the word. I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, this is why he's saying that, because if I use anything that from anybody else, it's going to be man wisdom. God's wisdom is always revealed by the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I was with you in weakness, I was with you in fear, much trembling, and my speech and my preaching was not, once again, with enticing words of man wisdom. He keep reminding them. But in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power. Now he's talking about his, what his words came from was the Holy Spirit. And his words had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit. And then he said, that, and the reason why God did this, he held this back. This was called the hidden knowledge of God that he had called grace, that he had for us, that has never been revealed. So this is why Jesus talked about this in Matthew 13. Look, look at Matthew 13, uh, 34 and 35, I think I was. The Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 13. Now, he talked about this uh, in his teaching, Jesus did. Matthew chapter 13, and verse 34 and 35. So he says, all these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them. Watch why he said that. Verse number 35, Matthew chapter 13, verse number 35, which is the next verse that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I would open my mouth, watch this, in parables. I would utter thing, well, here it is, this is your covenant, which has been kept secret. Everything you have, which has been kept secret since the foundation of the world. It's never been taught. No man had ever known this. The message you have in the new covenant has never been taught, but by the apostle Paul. So now you go back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, in verse number 5, and the, God, the reason why God says that in verse 4, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. 
and he did this, that's your faith. Here we go. Put your hand up like this, like you got three aces. You're covering up your cards. You're just all you're doing. All you do is make sure nobody peep at your hand. You got, th- you got three aces? Is there Father, Son, Holy Ghost? Okay, you, you got a winning hand. All right, but why did God give you faith? Why did he give you faith? Now, your faith is in what you're looking at. Now, if a man play, play cards and he got a king and a ten or, or he got an ace and a five, he don't know somebody else could have three aces or whatever, right? You know you got three aces. Father, Son, Holy Ghost, right? Right. Now, here's my point. Yo, if I push my cards out there, my faith is going to be what I push out there, right? Right. So you got to understand, when somebody said they're saved by water baptism, and they look in here and they see water baptism, because that's all they talk about is what's in their hand. See, I got, if I had three aces, I'm not talking about no kings and jacks and queens. I'm talking about three aces. So whatever your faith is in is what you talk about. See, my faith is in Christ's death, bed, and resurrection, so that's what I preach, Paul says. But anyway, I know I got a, the, the winning hand. Now, in verse 5, he's telling you because he knows he got the winning hand, he has faith in that. So that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. How many know that's the power of God? Christ's death, bed, and resurrection. Is that right? So my faith is in God's power. Which is death, bed, and resurrection. That's what my faith is. That's your salvation. So when a man talk about baptism and all these other things, that's what he see in his hand. But you ought to be able to say, I don't have that in my hand. I see three crosses. I see the DBR, right? All right, here we go. Now, that your faith shall not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. How be it? We speak wisdom among men, Paul says, that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world. He said, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm not speaking the wisdom of this world. Because, see, they want to know what you're preaching. What, what is this Bible going to say now? What is he preaching? What's his message? He said, nor of the princes of this world that come to know. He says, but we speak, we do speak wisdom. But we speak the wisdom of God and we speak it in a mystery because if a person don't have the Holy Ghost, he don't know what I'm saying. So I'm speaking the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom. How many know this wisdom has been hidden? Right. Which God ordained, watch this, God ordained before the world unto our glory. So God already ordained before the world began that we would have the gospel of Christ. Now, the only reason he could do that, he had to know that Adam and Eve going to eat of the tree of neither good and evil. But I'm going to have to come down there 4,000 years ago and down the cross where they can have eternal life. God is that awesome God. He is the wise God. Somebody said the only wise God. So he wasn't making a mistake. Now, watch what he says. Which none of the princes of this world. Now, he's talking about Israel princes. 
All those one walking around, all big hats on and stuff, they didn't know who he was. Nor the prince of this world, nor, nor the princes were, none of them knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. See, they were the one, my wife talked about them, Sadducees, Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes. They were the princes of this world, see. They were the chosen, the elite, walk around the long roads up. But they didn't know who he was. Had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But, as it is written, I have not seen. So you can't take the natural and, and tell me what I'm talking about. It's because I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the thing which God has prepared. Somebody say he prepared. He prepared for them. How many know who those them are? Any thems out there? He prepared these things for them that love him. But Paul said, but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, here we go. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. No, I got to go to Ephesians first. Ephesians 3, 7 through 10. Let's go to Ephesians 3, 7 through 10. Got to take my time because I got to finish this the next service. Just on the wisdom, see. Ephesians. Chapter number 3 and verse number 7. When you get there, say amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 7. Now, let's read together. Whereof I was made a minister, according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of now remember, the unsearchable riches of Christ is what he's preaching. So I have to know, if I go back to first, can you flip-flop for me and go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 we just left and look at verse number 7. And I want you to see, do you know what the unsearchable riches of Christ is? Here we go. But we speak the wisdom of God in the mystery. Wait, what is the unsearchable riches of Christ? It's the wisdom of God. But we speak the wisdom of God, but we speak it in a mystery. We are speaking to you the unsearchable riches of Christ. So all Paul is doing, by the Holy Ghost, he's taking the book of Proverbs, and he's showing them that this man Solomon is the same man, but he's not Solomon now, he's Jesus. He's the Christ. Solomon means... The wealthiest king there ever was. Solomon means the wisest king there ever was. Now, the real Solomon stand up, and that would be Jesus. Do you understand that? Solomon was a type and a shadow of the true king of kings and lord of lords. He was a type and a shadow. So when Solomon spoke all these proverbs, when Jesus came in his three and a half years, he would speak all these proverbs, but they would be called parables. Okay? One man. All that old covenant was about one man. His name was Jesus. You do know that, right? Okay, follow me along. Now, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 7, somebody said the unsearchable riches of Christ. Now, I have to know the unsearchable riches of Christ is called the wisdom of God. Let's look at one more. Let's look at one more. Ooh. 
unto me, I don't have time, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Oh, I just love that verse. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which was from the beginning of the world, has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now, let's go to now 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Did I go to verse 10 yet? I'm sorry. To the intent, we're, in, we're still in Ephesians 3.10. To the intent, this is his intention, that now under principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church. Who is that? That's us, right? What did he want us to know, though? Everybody. What does he want you to know? He wants you to know the many-fold wisdom of God. Anytime something is manifold, manifold is manifold. It's like a lettuce. A lettuce is many leaves. It's nowhere in the world you could put a lettuce back together again. Ain't that right? If you sit here and took that lettuce apart, you'll never get it back. A cabbage, you can't never put it back together. It's manifold. So when God made a cabbage, he many-folded. He just kept on stacking for And he sealed it. Now you say you tried. How many know it's many-fold? Well, that's how his wisdom is. His wisdom is many. Somebody give the Lord praise. His wisdom is many-fold. Many folks. I like the way Lynn Hyde says, Lynn Hyde says it's like a, a lemon. He called, he called it the, uh, he said, the, the, more you, the more you peel it, onion, I'm sorry, onion. He says, like an onion, the more you peel it, the more you want to cry. <laughs> you catch on to that? Because the more you peel it, the, the more you know you don't know. All right. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 9 through 11. Then I'm going to give you a definition. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. You enjoying the word? 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 9 through verse 11. God is faithful. Ooh. Now, that's, that's a several of those in there now. But we're going to rejoice on this one, right? Come on, clap your hand and thank the Lord for that. Just little things like that. Now, Paul had to learn that if he's going to walk with God. This is what the wisdom for. You're going to have to know God is what? He's faithful. He's faithful to his word. Or he keeps his word. That's what it means to be by, that's what faithful means. When somebody is unfaithful, they do not do what they said. They don't keep their word. They're unfaithful. So you got to understand, when you say God is faithful, all you have to do is look at what God said in his new covenant, and he's going to do just that in your life. There won't be no disappointments. Just why in the old covenant, he said, has God said? 
has God spoken? See, if you found out that God said something, God spoken something, God do what, uh, did what he says. It's no different in the new covenant. When God said in the new covenant all these things that he promised in the new covenant, he, do, he would do just that. That's what it means by faithful. See, there's a faithful woman. There's a faithful. See, I would not cheat on my wife. I'll be unfaithful. Do you understand that? Huh? We went from, what is the highest thing in choir, in, when you do choir? Sopranos? Soprano. We went from sopranos to what? Bass. Uh. You know I can't sing, so. Okay. Anyway, now watch this. First, watch, did I say First Corinthians? Chapter 1, verse 9, right? First Corinthians 1, 9 through 11. Now watch this. God is faithful by whom we by whom you are called. Remember I told you a call, right? But God is faithful by whom you are called unto the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. Now watch what Paul said. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same things, that there be no division among you, that you be perfectly, this is, this is, what, this is what speaking the same thing does, that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. What joins you together is speaking the same thing. Believing the same thing. It joins us together. See, that's why in the church, we have, although we, have, we come from different backgrounds, we have to now be joined together because we're called joints. Ain't that right? Now, we don't have joints, we are joints. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and then in the same judgment. For it has been declared, Paul says, of me, my brethren, that by which of the house of Chloe, that there was contentions among them. And those contentions were divisions. And now, Paul is getting into those contentions when he's talking about water baptism. He's going to get into those contentions and act, look at Acts 15.1. See, those are the contentions because he was hearing different things coming out the church. Some thought they were saved by water baptism. So those are contentions still today. Now, here it is. He heard this one. He says, certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, except you be circumcised after the man of Moses, you cannot be saved. See, those, those are things that they had to get straight because that dealt with the salvation and what they believed in. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, I'm not going to be able to go there. You can read chapter 2 and chapter 3. He's going to get into talking about water baptism and say Christ did not send me to baptize because they thought if, why you didn't baptize. That's what they were saying. I mean, why come to this church and you don't baptize me. And see, people have a problem with that. It's just like, well, how am I saved if you didn't baptize me? Because, see, you still think you get saved when you get water baptized. You are not understanding the cross is what you're supposed to have. Your three aces, death, bear, and resurrection. That's your faith. That's why he starts out in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians telling you your faith would not stand in the wisdom of men. See, all these, water baptism is the wisdom of men. It's the old covenant. What is the wisdom of men? 
old covenant. So your faith will not stand in the wisdom of men, but it will stand in the power, which is the new covenant, the gospel of Christ. Romans 1, 16 is the power of God. Do everybody understand? Okay, so you don't want to have your faith in the wisdom of men. That's what happened in the old covenant. All right, now, we are talking about our Heavenly Father's desire, which is our series. We're talking about the spirit of wisdom. Did I do verse 11 already? I'm done with that. Now, let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 17. I'm just getting to my message. Oh, I said first Corinthians. Colossians 1, 9 through 11. All right, let's go to Colossians 1, 9 through 11. Thank you, my brother. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. Start verse 8. Colossians chapter 1. Now, Colossians chapter 1, verse 8 through 11. Now, this is the prayer of the Holy Ghost. This is God. The, I look at the word prayer there because it went through the Apostle Paul. It's like this is what the Father desire. Who also declared, verse 8. Now, in, in Colossians I'm sorry, it's verse 9. I said it was 8. I'm sorry. Verse 9. Go back to verse 9. Thank you. He says, for this cause we also, since we heard of it, he's talking about heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love to all saints, we do not cease to pray for you and the desire. Can you see why I got desire? Did you hear, did you see why I got desire from? Okay, I know, I asked out there, but I didn't. They don't feel like talking today, do they? All right, here we go. For this cause, we also, since we heard of your, we heard of it, talking about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all saints, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled. This is the Father's desire that you might be filled, number one, with the knowledge of his will. Now, if I want to be filled with the knowledge of his will, what do I have to have first? That's it. That's why I'm trying to see you got them in, in order. Wisdom, knowledge, understanding. If I'm going to be filled with the knowledge of his will, I got to have the wisdom. I can't get the knowledge without the wisdom is first. Come on, say wisdom is first. Right. That I may be filled with the knowledge of his will. Here it is. How it's going to happen. How it's going to happen. Read the next part. How it's going to happen. Read the next part. How it's going to happen. You're filled with the knowledge of his will, but how it's going to happen. In all wisdom, you're going to be filled with the knowledge of his will, but how is it going to happen? It's going to happen all It's going to happen because you get the wisdom. You're filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom. Spiritual understanding. Then third, you're going to have spiritual understanding. Why do God want you to have this? Here it is, verse 11. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, and then second, being fruitful in every good work. So you're not going to, here's the three things here now. Watch what they are. You're going to walk worthy walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Number two, being fruitful in every good work. Number three, and then you're going to increase it in the knowledge of God. You're not done. That's another verse. You're going to be strengthened with all might. Isn't that something? Somebody say strengthen. Yeah, you're going to be strengthened with all might according to his glorious power.
power under all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. And then the last thing supposed to be this. Here we go. Then you're going to be giving thanks. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet. Now he made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance. Now he has brought us to a place so we now partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. Mm, mm, mm. All this stuff just ties right in together. Look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 through 17. Why are you there? From the book of Colossians, chapter number 3, verse 12 through 17. Are you there? All right. Put on, therefore, the elect of God, holy, beloved, bowels of mercies, Kindness, ominous of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if by enemy, enemy have a call against any, even as Christ for, forgave you, so also do ye. And above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful." Let the word of Christ dwell in you. Here it is. Richly. How is it going to happen? It's going to happen all wisdom. How is the word of God going to dwell in you? Richly. You're going to have to do it in all wisdom. And now what's going to happen? You'll be able to be teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. And that's what you're going to need the wisdom for. Give the Lord a big hand. That's why you need the wisdom. In verse 17 says, And whatever you do, in word or in deed, do all in the name of our Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Now, let's go to Exodus chapter 31, verse 1 through verse 11. Exodus chapter 31, verse 1 through 11. You want to write down the word wisdom? I'm getting ready to give you seven definitions. Number one for wisdom, if you're keeping notes on the screen back there, I'm just going to, you can stop and take these, take these seven down. Number one definition for wisdom, spiritual insight. When God gives you wisdom, I'm going to show you he'll put the wisdom in your heart. When he gives it to you, you'll have spiritual insight. Number two. You will serve. Wisdom is for service. Now, the word worship means to serve. So you're not just talking about you get them to start doing something. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about you'll serve. You'll worship the Lord. Because I'm going to show you that wisdom has caused you to be creative. So you put that right by the word service. Worship, that word service, means that wisdom causes you to be creative. See, see, Brother Gene, my brother always talks about all the time, uh, he's a builder. And you got to be creative. He walked in my house one day, he looked around, he saw, 
We had bought a house over there on the golf course. He walked in, he says, man, why do you put the steps here? They go downstairs. We're going to move them. He come around over here, he says, I'm going to ride my line, you know it. He said, they're going to go right here. We're going to put the steps here. You're going to come out of your garage. You're going to go right on downstairs. Uh, we're going to tear all this out over here because we're going to be, be able to see downstairs instead of being downstairs. Am I right? Yeah, you're right there. Yeah. Created. I'm going like, I'm tear all that out? Yeah, all that got to go. But when he got through, I'm going like, <laughs> build me three bedroom downstairs. Bathroom. Come back at a time, Jay. Amen. All I'm saying is this. The wisdom of God calls you to be creative. I'm using him for an example because the wisdom of God in a person's life is like you in a plant and you become skilled trades. So once you get the wisdom of God, a regular job is just not enough for you. You're looking for something where you can use your skill. So we're going to see that here. Spiritual insight, number one. Number two, for service. Number three, skillful in the affairs of life. Wisdom will cause you to be skillful in the affairs of life. See, a whole lot of people got education, but they don't have wisdom. Regular life, they don't know how to handle it. They pass out. That's why he could kick this, his little one out the nest at a young age. <laughs> you can fly? Really? Or are you going to hit that ground? <laughs> and that bird go <laughs> for life and it flies. When you teach a little child, three years, I'm not going to say three because I don't know the age, but they're very little, could be two or three years old. I know my wife was supposed to catch Sandra, right? We, when we taught Sandra how to swim, we took a, we was in Atlanta on our vacation, and we pushed Sandra down the, down the thing, so it's come like this here, and went like, shoo. <laughs> when you do that, you go like, <laughs> you ain't got no choice. <laughs> Okay, number one, spiritual insight. Number two, for service. Number three, skillful in the affairs of life. You got to become skillful in the affairs of life. I won't get to that. That's, that's marriage counseling. You got to become skillful. You got to know that's a sugar daddy. Sugar daddy. <laughs> number four. Number four is infinite skill. Infinite skill. Infinite. Infinite skill. And then I'm going to give you number five, the ability to regulate one relationship with God. Wisdom is the ability to regulate your relationship with God. Come to a time where you are born again, you've got to be able to do this on your own. Wisdom number six is a knowledge of hidden things. The knowledge of hidden things. 
Wisdom is the knowledge of hidden things. And last, wisdom is a divine gift. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12, 8 on that one. Wisdom is a divine gift. When God gives you wisdom, you have a divine gift from God. It's the ability to know. Isn't that awesome? I never forget when I hired in, in, in the General Motors, I, I wanted to be a skilled tradesman, but I was fearful because I didn't know what they were doing. Make a long story short, I retired a skilled tradesman. Amen? But when I first got on, man, I was, because I know that stuff would kill you. People died on the job I did. And you know, I got a finger, you know, that's cut off just about, but I, you know, I was okay. It's dangerous. But God will make it skillful. And God had made me so skillful until I, I, I got to a place where I carried a radio for the foundry because I could call, answer calls for the foundry and the cool room. And I had the whistle. I knew everybody's position. Pattern repair in six or seven different areas where they made different things, upstairs, downstairs, I can go and answer that call. Man, they know what I'm talking about? Eugene right there, Ball? You know what I'm talking about. I'm a right brother. That's right, that's a gentleman. Skilled trace gentleman. And see, all I'm saying is when you get there as a skilled traceman, you know your job, regardless of where they put you at, because you don't know where you're going to be on the weekend. <laughs> you can be anywhere on the planet, but you know your job. Amen? Reverend Hayes has the wisdom of God. You ought to know that. It's nowhere in the world you're going to do what he's doing around here if you don't have it. So you got, you got to sit down sometime and just say, Lord, do I have it? There's no way you can do what you're doing if you didn't have it. If you don't have it, get it. Ask for it. That's what James said, if any man like wisdom. I mean, am I just talking to what? You know what it says? Look, let me show it to you. James chapter 1, isn't it? Verse 5. See, you got to know when you don't have something. You get put on a job and you don't know the job, you're a born-again believer. The only reason you don't know the job, you don't have the skills for the job, and the only reason you don't have the skill for the job, you don't have the wisdom for the job. But you got a heavenly Father who can drop it down on you right now. Woo! Brother Nate back there knows what I'm talking about. Nathaniel Wilkins, he know. We got all them jobs, you better know. How many have gone on a job when you, when you didn't know what it was and then the Lord showed it to you? Sister over here opened her own business up in AAA. You need to sit and talk to her sometime if you think it's easy to get. Mm -mm. Is it easy? Was it easy to get? I know. Huh? Kelly used to tell me all the time, she crying over there, Pastor, she crying. But she, gonna, she ain't going to stop till she get it. That's what Kelly said. She ain't going to stop till she get it. Now she has her own business in AAA. I'm not just saying that. That's her AAA. I'm not, am I lying? Am I just sitting here talking? That's AAA right there, her own, her own AAA. To be able to open up your own AAA, you got to know what you're doing. Now she got people working for her. 
Because you got to know your stuff. That's what the wisdom of God for. I had to learn that with tears in my eyes to pass this church. I didn't know what I didn't have, but I know now I didn't have the wisdom of God. What it says, if any man lack wisdom, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Come on, read, right? Come on, just thank him for it. Matter of fact, you don't have to act. You just thank him for it. God gives it to you because it's already yours. Let him ask of God. They give it to, watch this, watch this. He give it to all men liberally and not in it. It is, it, it might, might be, might be, might be given you. Because it's already yours. See, when you tell God about you need something, it's like you know you don't have that that's missing in your life. So if you ask God to give it to you, you give it to all men, live it in a braid of night, and it shall be given you. But let that man ask in faith. In other, word, in other words, that's why you got to have the faith. Next verse said what? But let him ask in faith. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So you can't waver when you ask God for it. Come on, raise your hand right now. Say, Lord, I ask you for the wisdom of God for my life. And you know what you need to know. When you get the wisdom of God, you'll know that. You don't even know why you know it. You get on a new job and all, they got all this equipment here. How in the world am I going to know how to run all this stuff? I have to know that when I go and get a call, the guy who run the machine went, went on a break. Am I lying? Eugene, is that how it works? You go on a job, answer a job, and the guy, you got to know how to run the machine because the guy got on a break. Now I got to run his machine till he get back and fix what's going on so when he come back, the job is fixed. Am I right, man? So I had to know how to run his job. Every line in the plant, I could run the drag and the cope. I had to know. I had to know every machine. I had to know my job and the man who I was servicing. God gave me the wisdom. I said, God gave me the wisdom. I never, for, I, I never forget. He gave me the wisdom. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh my God. We're going to start at Exodus 31, 1 through 7 when I come back. Let me give you the, another one. The divine gift, 1 Corinthians 12, 8. I'm not coming back, huh? What is this? I'm going to, you write that down and give it to me. Okay. One verse, 1 Corinthians 12, 8, and we're done. We're going to get on this. This is what God showed me. He said, show them, teach this to them, so they will desire it. Remember I just told you last week, desire spiritual gift? Well, I'm teaching you what wisdom would do. Wisdom is spiritual riches. You talking about Wealthy. How much you think they had to pay investing you to get you to know that job? <laughs> Shoot. Years, four or five years, 10 years, 50. Still learning, ain't you? Still learning. 40 years, still going to school. See, he, make, he, make, he had to become wealthy to know that job. But can't nobody never take it away. And that brother still, he got a, he got a degree in, in, in air conditioning. No, let me tell him. Tell him I told you now. Don't mess with him with the air conditioning. <laughs> he didn't cool it. I'm just telling you. You'd be surprised how many, how many people God has made wealthy in positions like that. That's what the wisdom is for. That's what the knowledge is for. That's what the understanding is for. It's what God has taught you. 
to be able to survive in this economy. Come on, 1 Corinthians 12, 8, last verse, I'm done. Get ready, wife. For the one is given the, by the Spirit, of, by the, all by the Spirit now. Here it is. The word of wisdom. Now that word of wisdom there is the gift. It's the word of wisdom. It's the gift of wisdom. When God gives you the gift of wisdom, you'll know it. Because the thing that you did not know, all of a sudden you know. How do you think you know how to cut that machine on? And Man, you know what? I wish I had a did some things, but typing, I have never desired typing. I need to. I can do a little bit on my PayPal and stuff, like the little stuff I got there. You know, text, text up. But I'm talking about, I see some of you like, Minister Hey, he gets that computer. Go, <laughs> How many do that? Y'all can type. That's a gift from God. Come and get along the big hand. <laughs> see, you got to start seeing what God already done for you. You got to be thankful. How many folk in here right now cannot type if they take their eyes off the type right are they done? So you ought to be grateful and be thankful. All right, come on, wife. Give the Lord a great big hand. Come on. You got to be thankful for what God has done for you. When God has given you wisdom, now remember, you have wisdom, but he wants you to not stop there. He wants you to keep on until you get to the word excellence. Where are you going to? Excellent, because you're going to go to a place where you have wisdom for all things. Amen. So if there's anything you design in your life that you need to do, this is what the wisdom is for. Just talk to the Father about it and make sure you give you the wisdom. Amen. Get it on a big hand. My time is up. And I thank you for yours. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.